Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. It was the trade everybody had been waiting for. The Jaguars and the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Well, the teams are not the players. Well, listen, I'm not mad about it because now conversations are happening. That's true. If Once you, you dance yeah. with with someone, then you get you kind of get a relationship. Going. Absolutely, grease the spokes a little bit. Takes two to tango. Yeah, conversations are happening now. It's like uh, the Jaguars with the Ravens. It seemed like for back in the day. Like it, they, yeah. I mean, every transaction went through the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they probably won most of them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. In retrospect, yeah. Uh, the Jags trade uh, Josiah Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about giving up on a guy pretty quick. Mm-hmm. That part of it surprised you? <sighs> yeah, I mean, this has kind of been the status quo, though, for Urban Meyer. I mean, look no farther than, than Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen, hello, Josh Oliver. Where did he go? Me. Yeah, Josh <laughs> Oliver. Um, of Baltimore. Where you, you see a guy on Josh Oliver who really didn't get a chance to get on the field because, well, the injury history. Um, Josiah Scott, he had some experience, but he was getting outplayed by undrafted free agents, yeah. right? So, um, you know, is it a big enough sample size? I lean towards no. And if I'm a coach, I want to see it for myself. Like, it's one thing to watch film and, and evaluate the talent and, and, and make a decision. But I want to see it for myself. I, I'd want to go through a training camp. I want to pick these guys' brains a little bit, see how they operate. Obviously, Meyer doesn't give uh, Scott the chance, and Scott goes to Philadelphia now. Yeah, so, you know, they get a six-round draft pick out of uh, it as well and a, a corner that very few people know much about, I would no, say. Sure. You know much about him? Well, no, not at all. But real quick before uh, Josiah Scott, you know, exits for the final time here in Jacksonville, you remember, do you know what his nickname is? Josiah Scott's nickname? Correct. No. One of, one of the uh, We talked about it during Shock Your Mock two years ago. The the Nat. Ah. Very good. He's got short that arms. That was in your Shock Your Mock research. That was in my you Shock remember. Your Mock. You, you, yeah, exactly. I just remember, like, wow, I, I'm not sure if Nat is really actually a, 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 a positive I was going to say, compliment. do you want to be called the Nat? Well, because you know what? I, I get well, it. Yeah, yeah, you get I get it. it. You get like, it. on the basketball court, if you're called the Nat, you're the pesky guy. Sure, sure, right? sure. Yeah. yeah. Called the Nat in baseball, I guess, as well. I mean, you're yeah. kind of... That dirty dog kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be called the dirty dog hey, than, me too. <laughs> than the gnat, but yes. Uh, yeah, the gnat has, I, I get the connotation. Yeah. But I don't know too many people welcome the gnat as a. It, it raised some red flags when I read that. Listen, if you have your kids, if your kids, you call one of them a gnat, then a hey, kid, look out. They probably don't <laughs> like you much. No, no. <laughs> probably trading some new parents or something, but yeah, I agree with you there. Um, so anyway, there, there's a move made, but again, uh, the, the Zach Ertz move to Philadelphia still has not been, uh, but hey, done. maybe the conversations could be happening now, right? So, all it takes is one little one. And now some we're talking bigger stuff. So Jamison Houston is the corner of, of Philly. He's, uh, I believe an undrafted guy. And, you know, so he comes over, but t- 2023 sixth round pick as well for whatever. I mean, the Jags compile a pick. So, uh, they, it's a fourth-round guy from last year, though. This is what is interesting to me. Uh, I don't know really how much time we could sit here and spend and saying, wow, Josiah Scott, I can't believe they got rid of him. You know, I mean, uh, but Jameson Houston, this guy's going to really make a difference. Like, I mean, if, you, if you're if doing that over this, well, good luck to you. I mean, I, I don't know 
how many people are going to sit there and really uh, talk about this one for a long time. Mm -hmm. But what it says to me is kind of like what you just said, Josh Oliver gone, which is still peculiar how quickly that and we're still talking about tight ends like that didn't make sense to me. Still doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Maybe there's more internally that we don't know. Uh, You know, who knows? But. This has a little bit of the feel of like I'm getting my guys in here from Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke. Then and and that's kind of the reason, you know. And obviously they looked at tape and didn't love them. If they loved them, they would they would keep them. They, you know, they've complimented the previous regime at times. Urban Meyer has by saying countless occasions that there's a better group of young players here than people give credit to. There's a core. That's actually a compliment to the scouts. And I would say, in a a sense, uh, Doug Marone and and Dave Caldwell and those folks that help build this roster or put the roster together. So there is actually a compliment from Urban Meyer and and, uh, maybe even Trent Baalke in that respect. But I think this is one of those that you're like, all right, they just kind of get rid of guys because they didn't have any affiliation to them and now they're gonna they want to bring in their own folks you know they have a different idea and and strictly i saw somebody tweet today just the height of their corners and now all ranging like or most ranging over six feet tall like that could even it could be as simplistic as that like hey we want all corners that are going to be boom uh you know but i kind of feel like length has become a thing across the nfl that's not going to be just like here in jacksonville Mm -hmm. uh even at the corner position so it could be a, a wide variety of reasons this one just has the feel of a little bit like yeah wasn't our pick in the fourth round so see you later where a lot of picks will be given the opportunity you know mm-hmm. and so we've now seen josh oliver yeah he had two years but he never really had an opportunity on the field to prove himself or, you know because of injury mm-hmm. uh not the jags fault but you know kind of not really his fault either and then you get a guy like josiah scott who you know plays a little bit here in Jacksonville, doesn't even get year two in Jacksonville to see if he's grown and if he's better and if he fits and all that stuff. And it's just like, hey, I'll see you later. That was the old regime. This is a new day here in Jacksonville. It has a little bit of that feel to me, which I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just telling you that sometimes happens and it has that feel. Yeah, but like, is there connections with Jamison Houston? Like what? I mean, is it, it's a height thing. So they got rid of Josiah Scott because he's too short. And no, I mean they looked. Like, listen, we, man, you were right. You said he got outplayed a bit. They looked at tape. They're like, we don't really see a lot of upside here. I mean, that's uh, really where it begins. Sure. Uh, well, I would I would suspect that's where it begins. Not yeah. to just get rid of a player one because of height or two because he's not your draft pick. <laughs> so, no, no, I hear you. I, but like at, at the same time, Urban Meyer is one that told us like, hey, you know, there's no such thing as bad players in the NFL, yeah. just bad coaches. Oh, that's fair. So I mean. Once again, I'm not trying to make a case here for Josiah Scott. It is what it is. Like, I mean, I'll be honest with you. When he was on the field, we weren't really talking about him that much anyway. So it's like I'm going to lose sleep about losing Josiah Scott. My point, though, is, I mean, did you really see enough to establish, yeah. okay, like he, he's not Jaguars material? Did you see enough from uh, Josh Oliver to say, okay, he's not Jaguars material? Maybe it is the injury history. Maybe that's a big red flag for Urban Meyer. Maybe he wants, you know, 100% participation at all times. He doesn't want guys getting hurt with soft tissue injuries. Maybe that's something to do with it. But like, I'm just wondering, like, with Jamison Houston, you know, is there a connection there? Like, what, why, why Jamison Houston? And, and let's be honest here, and let's really call this like it is. I mean, this is for depth more than anything. Yeah, well, that's true. Because that's why we can't get carried away with the yeah, actual exactly. names of the trade. Yeah. And, like, as far as I'm concerned, you got a six-round pick. Cool. All right, sounds good. But, like, you know, Tyson Campbell, going to start over Jameson Houston. Trey Herndon, probably going to start over him if, if he's in there. Um, you know, they, they have a lot of corners right now. C.J. Henderson, if he's healthy. Obviously, Shaq Griffin. So... It's a depth play. It, it could be a special teams play at the end of the day. But, 
you know, it, it is what it's like. Once again, you're not going to lose sleep over this transaction. Let me ask you this, though. This is where my mind went a little bit, because this was a conversation that has been talked about recently, but it was talked about a lot last year. And when I say last year, I'm talking late December 2019, early 2020. So really early 2020, when Khan made the decision to bring back Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell. And the conversation was he, they have 12 draft picks. And the critics of Dave Caldwell especially said, you're going to let Dave Caldwell pick the 12 picks? You mm-hmm. have this bounty of picks, and you're going to have Dave Caldwell make the selections. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, a lot happened since then, right? I mean, Shotgun went from saying, hey, we feel like we're closer to winning with these guys. If we keep them, then it was a complete reset with see you later, A.J. Boye, see you later, Calais Campbell, clear the cap space, mm-hmm. bad football team, 1-15, now Urban Meyer, now Trevor Lawrence. There's a reason we're here, folks, yeah. right? And 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 I think a lot of people are like, you know what? The last couple of years, whatever the decisions were made, I, I do believe people are like this. Like, hey, we got Trevor Lawrence, and, and for the fans that like Urban Meyer, we're in a good spot now. And we had to pay all that price. to. Get, we wouldn't be here if we didn't do any of those things. Mm-hmm. So there is like a sunny side of this. So I, I understand that point of view. But to me, what went through my mind a little bit is, okay, if you're trading away fourth-round picks already, if we have questions about C.J. Henderson, if we have questions about Caleb on Chason, like was it – did the Shad Khan, in a sense, push – the franchise back a little bit by keeping Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone that year when they had 12 picks, 12 picks that could have kind of reset the franchise mm-hmm. and helped the franchise out. And now there's at least conversation about more and more misses on those selections. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not closing the book on Henderson, not closing the book on Chase on, but it, it wasn't the best of starts. Let's just say that as you look back in the rear view, is that a fair criticism now to say, why did you let that regime make 12 selections in the 2020 NFL draft. Well, I mean, yeah, if, if you look at it right now, those that draft's great, like, of that class, not so good. Now, we'll see. You know, time will tell, but but not so good off the get-go. Was that, the, was, was that a mistake? I mean, you know how I feel about it. I think that, and, and this is where we've differed on opinion in the past, where you thought that Shad Khan was setting this whole thing up for the next regime to come in. So it was kind of like a scratch year. I, I don't believe in scratch years. I, I believe in either you win or you lose. Like you, There is no setting the table for the next regime. Your, your job is to win football games. Um, one could argue, based on the track record of Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone, of what they were able to accomplish their their time here in Jacksonville, that maybe they should have went in a different direction. You know, I mean, we, we all kind of wondered why, what was the sense of, of Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell coming back? Now, maybe you want to use the Gardner Minshew card. Maybe it was writing the this for the next regime, whatever the case may be. There was always kind of that eerie feeling like, why, why, why would you maintain them? Why would you hang on to them? Well, in maintaining them and hanging on to them, now we're seeing that draft 2020 probably could have been a little better. But once again, still young. Time will tell. Yeah, I that's a, that's true too. Like we don't know where this is going. Everybody says the cliche is you got to wait three years to figure out just how good the draft class was. Uh, but I think the answer to that question probably is if you polled people around draft time of last year, January, February, March, people have been like, no, make a change. Yeah. We want somebody else picking. We want somebody else drafting. We have twelve picks. We have twenty-one picks or whatever over the next two years. Let's make a change. But if you ask people now and you poll people now, you're like, you know what, Brent? Doesn't matter what's in the rear view. 
Let me show you what we got out there on that field and inside well, Jack's headquarters right now. So, and it's all worth it. So, so let's go over this right now. C.J. Henderson. I mean, we'll Not see. Not trending well. Not trending well. Caleb on chase on. Not trending well. LaVisca Chenault. Was, but now you're talking about Travis Etienne playing that slot receiver, being the gadget guy. Where does Chanel fit into that? I still think, I'll say this, from what I saw on the field, until I see him again, I'm going to say I like the pick. I think they got value out of him. I I think that was a pretty good pick. But if he's not the starting three, starting four next year, where's the value? That we'll have to see. Again, we'll worry about I'm just telling you, after year one, how many times he touched the ball, what he did, I thought he was pretty good. Okay. Devon Hamilton. Yeah, I like him. Okay. I thought that was a good pick. Yes. Ben Barch. Uh, Too early to tell although i understand what they did that is still someone that i'll just tell you i don't know like so i would say and eh, un- well, incomplete yeah but i would also say if you listen to the league and you listen to people talk about him they do think he's going to be a good player but remember too as well put him at guard instead of tackle so which it turns him out of position yeah. as well which is different josiah scott be interesting now- to see what this regime does with him correct in that regard correct uh josiah scott just got traded obviously no, bad shaquille quarterman yeah, not I hadn't I love the kid, but yeah. I mean he hasn't done anything yet. Yeah. Daniel and Tom- linebacker's a tough spot to get on the field for the Jags, to be honest. It is. It's one of the few. <laughs> it is. It's good depth there. Uh Daniel Thomas. I I like him, but I think the regime basically told us he's just a depth guy, he's just a guy mm-hmm. because look what they went out and did and tried to do with safeties in the draft and in free agency. Colin, so, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, so and it, by the way, Dan, now we're getting to that range, right? What Dana Thompson kind of like pick. fifth round, sixth, sixth round. round. I mean, well, let's well, let's look at it like this: Colin Johnson, we'll see. Jake Luton, you know what it is. Yeah. Tyler Davis, uh, and Chris Claybooks. So, twelve of those picks. How many of those picks right now are we confident are going to be starting next year? I'll buy into Henderson, Chase, Chase on. on. You mean this year coming up fall? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, this upcoming uh, season. Yeah, Chenault's an interesting one, right? You know, how much is he going to get on the field? Mm. Barch is definitely not getting Hamilton, I like. Uh, but is he starting? Um, probably third, not. Not with a uh, third round the, pick. Yeah. Not with the uh, He's a third round pick. Yeah. And, and, and with Chenault, like, let's be honest here. Once again, we don't know what this offense is going to look like yet, but you had DJ Chark starting over Chenault. Marvin Jones starting over Chenault. Travis Etienne, I mean, depending how you want to use him, but if he's the gadget guy, he'll be starting over Chenault. That's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, if you're not a top three threat, mm-hmm. like I don't even need you listed as a starter, but you got to be in kind of like their top three threats. Sure. And I don't know if he is yeah. in that, you know, because of ETN. ETN, like yeah. you said, Marvin Jones, DJ Chark. And now then, I think he's right on the cusp of that. Yeah. And then like we said, Ben Barch, time will tell, but not, probably not going to be a starter this up and coming no, year. No, I mean, obviously. listen, I will buy some stock into some of those guys from last year's draft class. Like, I don't mind it. Now, starting in this year, all that stuff, but I would buy into the stock of Devon Hamilton. I, I would probably buy into the stark, stark stock of a guy like Ben Barch. Um, I might buy into the stock of a guy like uh, – I still like LaVisca. I, I think he's going to have a very productive NFL career. No, I just listen, don't know how they're going to use him. It, well, I love LaVisca Chanel, but if we're talking about Travis Etienne going the slot and being the gadget guy yeah. – that's what Where's their room on him? He I could mean, easily be on the outside looking in. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. Let's in fact, like there were those is. thoughts, and I don't believe this necessarily, but there were some people that suggested that was a view of how they look at Chanel, right? Which I mean, is what? That the, they, don't, the, they don't favorably look at Chanel in their oh. offense because I mean, of ETN. Yeah, yeah. And, and that would be fair to assess. I just think but that... But I don't know, it, Austin. I mean, can you get Chanel and... 
ETN somehow on the field together, and you got two guys that you have no idea what they're going to be doing. And but it, then it, where's Chark and Marvin I Jones going to go? I, I don't. I, don't, no, no, I, I, I just you. don't want to sit here and say I. I tell you this: Urban Meyer and and Trent Baalke, they don't believe in Chanel. They don't. They don't have a vision for him or Schottenheimer or no, for or sure. Bevel but or let's be guys. honest. I don't know that. R- regardless of the role that we saw last year, it's going to decrease. It probably decreases or looks different. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. Maybe he's lining up in the backfield and ETN's the receiver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, at the Based end of the day, at, at the, yeah, for sure. At the end of the day, I mean, if you have a wide receiver that can squat over 500 pounds, I would try to get him the ball as much as possible in the yeah. discussion up as well. But yeah. I, it, but he is me. totally different from what they've been talking. Speed, right? Speed, speed, speed. Mm-hmm. He's physical. But what NFL coach doesn't like a physical football player? <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. or what football coach doesn't like a, foot, a physical player? Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I, so... It'll be he'll be a lot of conversation now going into the fall about Chenault mm-hmm. and where he fits in this offense once we kind of get a better idea of what this all looks like. So I don't think you're necessarily wrong there. But long story short, it's it's going to line up as a draft that I don't know if you have any studs. Like I, I really don't know if you have any studs, and you had two top twenty picks. Yeah. Like there is no sign of C.J. Henderson and Caleb on Chase on being studs. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not in the first glance. So. Hopefully they're good players. Hopefully they start to blossom. It doesn't mean they can't be. I'm just telling you it doesn't didn't show up in year number one uh, on a bad football team. So, you know, you surround them with better players and boom, maybe they are even better. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, that's what crossed my mind today when I saw the Josiah Scott trade. I was like, wow, okay. So another, I mean, basically that was a fourth round pick that, I mean, fourth round picks are looked at in the draft process as potential starting guys. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it's viewed, that you can go pick up a starter in the fourth round if you need one. And uh, a lot of good players come out of that fourth round, is my point. And Josiah Scott wasn't here good enough to play into year two <laughs> until the Jags decided to get rid of him. Yeah, uh, That's not a good sign, you know, about that 2020 uh, draft class. So we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, you, you did mention, I mean, it is really quiet. Are you surprised how quiet it is on, like, the Earth's front in general? After the season, it was like, hey, I kind of want out of here. Like, I'm not fitting anymore. Do you think there's been like any kind of there's been very few words out of Philly on this topic? Yeah. But I mean, free agency passes, draft passes, Jags still almost desperate mode. It feels like for a pass catching tight end. And well, keep in mind he he didn't show up to the, the offseason program. Yeah, and I just don't know how much does that say because a lot of people aren't showing up to the offseason program. But yeah, but but you'd think a, a brand new, new coach, coach yeah. you know, trying to get everybody being a veteran like Zach Ertz is like yeah. that. That's a statement from Zach Ertz. Let's be honest. Yeah, I just I can't tell you that if he had been traded well, to the Jags that he would be here right now. I, I'm not convinced he would be. I'm not convinced. Yeah, yeah. It's just the no nature idea, of it right now. I mean, I read a long thing on J.C. Treader again. I mean, he's really talking to these players. Is Josh about, Allen here? He is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, you could probably go up and down the list. There, but there's like I feel like I feel like sixty percent of the guys sure. from across the league, I think, are there. But I feel like Zach Ertz is, you know, a former captain. Like he's always been respected in that Eagles locker room. Like I, I don't think like Zach Ertz isn't not a leader. Like I think Zach Ertz yeah. is one of the biggest leaders of that locker room. So yeah, I don't think not showing up to vol- to voluntary uh, camp right now makes you not a leader, though. I mean, the I'm head of the NFLPA is not showing up in Cleveland. A lot of the veterans who believe they have a very good J.C. Treader, okay, uh, and who have a lot of uh, there's a lot of hope in Cleveland about this year. Yeah, right. And there's but a lot of buy-in a, on Stefanski. But it's not and a new coach. It's not a new coach. But there's just a there's a lot of hope there that you'd figure more people would show up, and there's not a lot of people showing up. All right. So regardless if Zach Ertz shows up or not, 
I still think he wants out of Philly is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Like, I, I still think it's there, but I just think it's, in terms of storylines, it's not one of the bigger ones anymore. Yeah, been very quiet Yeah, uh, on that front. And and he's one of the few commodities at that position that I, I would consider valuable. Sure. Yeah, and worth maybe a pick uh, yeah. for, uh, no doubt about it. Hey, uh, it is time to give away... Some tickets to 311 coming here in September to Daly's Place. And uh, you can win tickets right now. Coos, you don't want to try 311 just yet? I'd prefer you want to stick with three? Three's fine. 904-362-9901. We'll work our way up this week to somehow give away 311 tickets with caller 311. Or maybe three and 11. But it'll be caller three right now. And it's uh, coming up Daily's Place on September 22nd. Tickets go on sale later this week at 10 a.m., in fact, on the 21st. So it's a winner before you can buy them right here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Two tickets to 311 coming up Daily's Place in September. Give Coos a call, 904-362-9901. Caller three, you'll be a winner. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. Are we on right now or not? Like our screen? I guess we're good. Brent Martino. Yeah, you got to okay. go all the way. Yeah, we're back. Thanks for your concern. You're welcome. Uh. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Everyone says, oh, well, now he's finally doing what he should have done 10 years ago by switching to tight end. Y'all, we were with him in the Jets. We were, like I played with him. They tried to switch him to tight end, and he wasn't good. Like that's what people don't acknowledge. They're like, oh, well, they just use him as a Taysom Hill player. Tim ran a four eight. Taysom Hill runs a four four. I mean, it, they're just two totally different players. Tim is a good dude, and I, I hope the best for him. It's laughing. It's a sideshow, and it's and that's what it will be come training camp time. And I think it kind of undercuts and undermines a little bit of what Urban Meyer's trying to build. I don't know who that was. <sighs> Former New York Jet. Yep. Oh, that was Sanchez. Nope. Um, I really don't think you're going to get this one. Oh, you'd be surprised, Coos. If you pull this name out, like, I don't I don't know who this is. Kevin Mawai? No. Chris Hogan? No. Oh, I know who Hogan is. If you don't know, okay. You, he played you, for you, Philly for a minute. You think you know who Hogan is, huh? Uh, Greg McElroy. Nope. Oh, uh, McElroy. Nope. Former quarterback, right? Bama. Quarterback. Bama, yeah. Yeah, I saw he had said some stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't have got it. Shots fired, huh? Like, yeah, it was. Didn't he work with Tebow too? Is that uh, did he work the SEC network with him? I don't know. Might have. Uh, but you know, I the the Tebow stuff still doesn't happen. By the way, Uh, did I don't know if you read Albert Breer? Interesting stuff from John Fox on Tebow. Mm -mm, Uh. Fox said the thing that I thought was interesting, you know, everybody, he tried him at tight end for a couple of plays. Actually, they needed an emergency mm-hmm. back when he was with Denver. And he's like, listen, he's got good hands and he can run the place. He was smart enough to do it. He knew exactly. We didn't even practice it, but we needed it in a pinch and he knew exactly where to go. You know, so and then he obviously raved about his toughness and competitiveness and all that stuff. Um but what's interesting to hear from Fox is how much he does think the locker room presence and impact could have, hmm. if you read that. 
I uh, didn't read it. And, no. and no, I'm just saying, like, oh, if, you, if you read it in the context that it was delivered, it was kind of like he he mentioned shoot. Now I can't even remember who he mentioned, but he can't. He went from one place to another, mm-hmm. and he said what coaches like to do is have their they like to have somebody that knows their system. Okay. And knows not not just their system, their style, you know, kind of their program, and help in that locker room, kind of be that liaison of, hey, guys, I've been through this before, man. If you bust your butt here, you can get this here. You know, this will work. Like this, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he referenced the veteran that now escapes from my mind, but uh, he said everywhere he went, knew he brought somebody that knew it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he, he said, and that frame uh in that context it's not different he's like coaches do that now you don't usually go get a guy who hasn't played in years you know and just played baseball and usually i feel like it's different if it's a starter as opposed to a backup player like i don't think a a a third string tight end is going to have a lot of cachet in that locker room and might not listen i'm not sitting here pounding the table to say john fox is right and this is why urban meyer's doing it i just thought it was interesting context that he brought up about the locker room and how much impact that in the early going, yeah. he could make like he bought but, into it. Fox was like, by he wasn't being he's he said, listen, for him to make it's a long shot. He's like yeah. he's a competitive dude, you know, everybody's gonna love him in there. Uh but come on. I mean he hasn't played in a long time. So he was realistic about that. Yeah. But what he did trumpet is the fact that, hey, in the locker room, the way he works setting a tone, all those things, what's expected out of an Urban Meyer culture, Urban Meyer team, where a lot of NFL guys obviously have, they don't know that, right? Could make a difference. Did you see what Jihad Ward said about the whole Tebow thing? Uh, Yeah, I saw that. It it was a tweet, right? That's exactly, yeah. It was the the video of Tebow in college where he's giving like the passionate speech, you know, and like he's getting everybody fired up. And Jihad Ward said, dog, if I see this in the locker room, I'm going to cry the whole game. And that's like the, the smiley, like laughing emojis, like, it's what it is, because once again, and it, you know, I feel the whole Tebow thing. It's fine, but like, I, I think, and, and hopefully it was a great article. I'm sure it was, but like, I think you're a little naive if you think Tim Tebow is going to come in here and like help the culture and just help everything out. Because once again, like, it's one thing if you have a great story, like, yeah, that, that's great. Like, I mean, you know, people are going to respect you, but you're also a third string tight end, and like. It just it doesn't come with that title. To, I don't want to say you don't earn respect, but like to me, the guys that I always followed were the guys that were like the Pro Bowl types. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, I made this argument years ago about a guy that you really respect, though, and I was actually was uh, poo-pooed about this one too. And and this was Campman. And Campman, yeah. who obviously had a resume now, right? Of course. But didn't do anything that year for the Jacks, like production was. Well, you sure when he was, he was healthy? Well, yeah, but I'm saying when he was in, he he had what three sacks against Buffalo? Okay, but then but, so, he, but how many games did he play that year? Okay, but like, like not. we knew, uh, but we knew how good he was coming from Green Bay. Look at his stats from Green I Bay. I understand that. Look, and at, I, look at how much money he made. I, I mean, there's I, a reason why they paid him that much money. So like we knew he was good. So what you're saying is he had an impact even though he wasn't on the field all the time. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what I argue, but, by the way. Like, I was on that same yeah. page. Like, I would argue that, but like, it doesn't matter if you're not available. It doesn't, like, you, you can't help from, you know, just being around the locker room and, and not being on the field. And that was well, the argument we see, had. Back, this was some decade ago, but. But we respected Campman because of his, I mean, the guy's got 58 total sacks in his career. Uh, I can't remember, like, what his biggest season was in Green Bay, but, like, this was a dude who was a fifth round pick who wasn't fit to do anything and, you know, kind of turned the career around and became a pretty damn good player. 
And, like, we respected Campman because we knew when he was coming to Jacksonville what he did in Green Bay. Like, his resume spoke for itself. So us being a young defensive line all across the board is like, well, this is the guy we got to lean on because look at his resume. Look at how many sacks he's had. Look at what he does in practice. Like, this is a guy we can rally behind. When he got hurt, yeah, I mean, obviously you lose some of the leadership qualities because now you're not in the locker room every single day. You're doing rehab and all that stuff. But we still relied on Campman because, once again, like, we know what you've accomplished. Yeah. Well, by the way, I do think there was a value there. I just remember having these conversations like, well, Brent, I mean – that's great. Like they pay this much, and the guy's not playing at all. And uh, great, he's a good cheerleader and leader. Oh and the no! Guy listen, resi- in, in terms of the value, absolutely not. Like I mean, what you're paying Aaron Campman, he, he he was he was uh, he was hurt. You know, like uh, I yeah. get it's not good value, but like it still meant something to us. Yeah. Well, I that, mean, and that was my when, point, by the way. Like when it, you have 16 sacks in a season. Yeah, we're 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 gonna follow you, sir. Yeah, because yeah. you, know, you know what you're doing. Well, and so l- listen. So I like ten years later to say I'm not wrong about that. Like I still yeah. think he had an impact on that season, yeah. on the players, on yeah. the people. Correct. But let me ask you this: Do you think Aaron Campman had an impact on a, every player in that locker room? No. I mean, as a leader, well, he was a captain. So yeah. Okay, but I mean, it sounds like he had a way bigger impact on you, a defensive end. He, On that side of the ball. Okay, let's let, let's set up like this. Aaron Campman came in, and day two he was a captain. Yeah. Okay? So anytime that you come from a different team, and keep in mind, we had some veterans on the team at the time, but if you can come in to a new team from a different place and become a captain, like, literally day two, you're affecting the whole team. Yeah, yeah. Like, simple as that. Now, obviously, you have a lot bigger influence on the defensive line because that's the position that you play. But as a team dynamic, like when it's week one and you're walking out there for the coin toss and you've literally been in Jacksonville for a couple months, yeah, that says something about the whole team. Yeah. Um, so here's my point. Okay. I don't think Tim Tebow is going to impact every player in the locker room. No. Jihad Ward, okay? Yeah. Marvin Jones. Yeah. They don't need Tim Tebow. Then who, who needs Tim Tebow then? Maybe Tyler Davis needs Tim Tebow. Mm. I don't know. I'm not telling you everybody does or somebody does, but I'm telling you from their perspective, from what, like even what Fox is trying to say there, I think, from what potentially, again, we don't know until we get an explanation on this, what maybe Urban Meyer's thinking is, here's a guy that knows the program. Devon Hamilton knows the program, I would say, to some degree as well. Mm -hmm. There are other people that probably have familiarity and, and knowledge about Meyer. You don't need just one of them. Listen, this this team is going to feed through Trevor Lawrence, and he's never played a down in the NFL. Sure. You know? So it, my point being, it takes more than one guy. Uh, Aaron Campman wasn't the only guy yeah. in that locker room. There were yeah. guys like Daryl Smith, and there were yep. others that, sure. that did it. Maurice Jones-Drew, whatever it might be. So I just wonder, again, this was more after reading what Fox's comments were, that that's a coach. Now, whether they're wrong or right, coach believes that a player can help cultivate your program and it might reach five or six guys in the locker room it might reach 50 guys in the locker room yeah i don't think there's a veteran guy in the locker room that's going to be like hey tebow man i'm going to do an extra couple reps <laughs> you know no, for I'm, sure. I'm not trying to say that but i am curious to say all this new blood in jacksonville mm-hmm. these young players which are, are a lot of them uh is there hey kid that goes up to 24 year old guy goes up to tebow he's like hey when Meyer did this in college or whenever, what is he? I mean, is he out of his mind or, you know, oh, do those no, kind of yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. take place? Yeah. Uh, and I just wonder 
over these next three, four months, is that where they're finding the value of potentially having Tebow as much as, hey, he might be able to catch some passes, he might be able to play special teams, you might be able to run a play here or there yeah. around him. And that's what caught my attention reading the John Fox comments. Especially. No, 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 I got you. I get what you're saying there. You know, he's obviously going to come in and have a big influence on everybody in that locker room. But you're saying from a positional standpoint, like a guy like you mentioned, Tyler Davis. But at the same time, if you're Tyler Davis, who are you going to rely on more? Are you going to rely on a guy like James O'Shaughnessy, who has receptions and touchdowns in games? Yeah. A guy like Chris Manhurts, who you know, has a couple of years of experience in the NFL? Or a guy in Tim Tebow at the position who has never played it before, who has, I think, zero NFL receptions, zero NFL receiving yards? Who are you going to pick their brain more? Probably Chris Manhurts. Probably James O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, probably James O'Shaughnessy uh, from a football standpoint. But from a culture standpoint, it might be Tebow. Yeah, maybe. I guess that's my yeah. point. Like, and I, what I don't, I don't know how valuable that is. I mean, yeah. I can just sign guys like that. Although, kind of feels like they might just be signing the guy for that sure, <laughs> right yeah, now. Know. You know, if, yeah. if if and when that happens, uh, a little surprise it hasn't yet. Anyway, so I, I think, uh, I think the locker room dynamic of this is uh, at one step overplayed because, like, yeah, great, we know Tebow's a good locker room guy. Right. That's first of all, that I, I think it's overplayed on both ends. Sure. I think people say it's going to be this distraction. I don't buy it. I don't think it's going to be that distraction distraction. They're pros. I think he blends in. I, mm-hmm. I think as much as he stands out outside the building, I think he blends in internally. Do you think in that locker room it would hurt or help more? That's a good question. Because let's be honest, I'm not a believer in it hurting. So I, okay. th- I think I, I think it. I think it could minimally help. I'm also not this huge believer in, like, wow, they need him in there to really help fortify well, this thing, you know? So, Well, did you, did you watch the Travis Etienne press conference after the training camp? Yeah. He got a Tebow question. Yeah. Tim Tebow's not even here yet, and the media's asking him about Tim Tebow. Yeah. That would be hurting, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it's not helping. I guess. Um, I don't I know what you're saying. I know where you're going with it. I think if they don't do something and act soon, I think they're they're doing it to themselves. Correct. From that standpoint. Yes. And then once he's in, well, he's the one that talks, and, and then you're going to have the then you're going to have Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer answering the questions. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's partly their role. I mean, even Trevor Lawrence as the quarterback of a football team, he's going to be asked about everybody and everything yeah. and social issues and yeah. and inside issues, and but, so is Urban Meyer. I don't think ETA now maybe maybe uh, O'Shaughnessy. Get him out sure. there. He's going to be asked, hey, what but does Tebow look like? My whole point is you just went through your first rookie minicamp. All right? You're playing a new position, a lot of talking points, and you're answering question about a third or fourth string tight end. Yeah, that's Possibly, not on the roster. That's not on the roster. That's yet. never played tight end. we got to call it. We see it. That could be listed as a little bit of a distraction. Yeah, I guess. I, I think it's all kind of honeymoon period right now for Travis Etienne, so I can't imagine he was distracted by the question. Uh, but okay. I understand your point. Like, um I do understand your point. I mean, that's that's what it was like as Tebow with the backup, yeah. you know, job. Yep. There was a lot of questions about Tebow, the backup. But he was on the roster. Correct. So, yeah, I, mean, I still don't know. I don't know where this thing's headed. I, I don't buy the distraction stuff very much. Now, you've been in the locker room. So, yeah, well, I think after a while you might get tired of it and that kind of stuff. I, I do think more people your age now, like if you were still playing it in that locker room, I think the Marvin Joneses, and by the way, I'm not trying to say Marvin Jones is a bad teammate or anything like that. Yeah. I'm just saying if I'm a veteran guy, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I mean, come on. Like Jihad Ward, you know, yeah. guys that have been around. I think I'm a little bit different if I'm a 22, 23, 24-year-old guy. I mean, I, I – 
it's not that you welcome a little bit of the circus, but all that stuff's kind of new and fun, and I don't know if it's much a distraction, mm. um, at least in the early going. If it gets over the top, then it certainly could be. I don't think Tebow, if he's signed, will be a distraction to the football team. I really don't. Overall, long term, Do I don't. You think he's going to sign soon? Yeah, I'm waiting for it. Like, I don't understand yeah. why not. Well, and if he doesn't sign, then is that a locker room influence? Because why would maybe, he? Maybe got some feedback. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Because Tebow wants to play, obviously. Yeah, Urban well, Meyer wants him. Well, in so fairness, Urban missing? Meyer, what at least he said in front of a microphone is, listen, we've worked him out. We've evaluated. They were impressed with this. Yeah. He has not once said, hey, it's trending this way. We all believe that it's trending this way based on what he hasn't said. And that is we're not interested in him. But come on, right? man. You think Urban Meyer is going to go up to Tebow and says, no, man, you're not welcome here? Come well, on, there's well, no he way. Has that's... To, he has to say he has to be willing to say that if they don't feel like he's a fit, as much as he has to be willing to say in September you didn't make the team. I mean, that's on Urban Meyer. He has to be willing to be able to do that. There's a difference between giving someone an opportunity and then cutting them from a roster of 53. Yeah, what I don't understand is why it hasn't happened just yet because they have a spot open and this is phase two. Like they're in there, mm-hmm. so. Well, let's go. Yeah. I mean, why bring it in later? Bring it in now. Yeah. And see and and get him going. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's some news coming out. They're trying to cover up and they're gonna announce Tim Tebow. <laughs> so it goes that. to the back. Yeah. I, I don't know what it would be. Yeah. If somebody gets a speeding gonna, ticket, watch out the yeah, next hour. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> Hopefully that yeah. doesn't happen. No. no you <laughs> we'll don't be want back. That. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six nine. With the COVID season and our season getting get cut short last year, uh, we were number one in the state when the season got cut short. So it's something we've been preaching for two plus years. Um, so the guys are, are really excited. You're not going to guess that one, okay? <laughs> yeah, don't even ask me that one. Uh, that is Tom Lucas. Ah, yes. He course, is Tom. the uh, baseball coach for St. John's Country Day. And this will lead me right into the sunshine and rainbows brought to you by A1A Solar each and every day here at Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. And uh, the sunshine and rainbows part of this for baseball and softball teams. This is a huge week in the area. St. John's Country Day just left today for Fort Myers. They'll play in the state Final Four for the first time in school history. And Fleming Island will do the same. They play a little later in the week. That's on Friday. And so you win today, uh, tomorrow, excuse me, for St. John's Country Day. You play in the state championship game the next day. Same goes for Fleming Island. You win on Friday. Then you play on Saturday for a state title. And both teams, by the way, good enough to win it. Hard to tell what else is out there, but uh, both teams really good and good enough to win it. So good luck uh, to the Golden Eagles from Fleming Island and also the Spartans from St. John's Country Day. And in addition to that, a few softball teams in the area still alive. University Christian playing today in Claremont in the state Final Four. Uh, Same deal, win today, play tomorrow for the title. Uh, Episcopal. Uh, is making a run behind Maddie Lotta, former Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, Athlete of the Week. Uh, and uh, they will play tomorrow in the state Final Four. And then Ridgeview, I believe, goes on Thursday. I might have that flipped around. But um, those three softball teams still alive locally. So good luck to all the high school baseball and softball teams playing in the state Final Four. And I did leave out Bowles and Ponte Vedra. They are actually playing in their regional finals tomorrow. Uh, and then if they win, they'll make it to the state final four. So a lot of good baseball and softball around here and, uh, teams are still alive. So a lot of sunshine and rainbows for them. Hey, you need a good paying job with flexible work schedule and benefits. 
A1A Solar is looking for you. How about this? $70,000. That's a reasonable first-year expectation. Seasoned reps can easily make six figures. Leads provided to you as well, plus health, dental, 401K benefits. A1A Solar is a tremendous company, voted best places to work in Jacksonville a couple years ago, was the veteran-owned business of the year. So be a part of an awesome company at A1A Solar. Visit A1ASolar.com. That's A1ASolar.com. And uh, A1A Solar, the official sponsor of Sunshine and Rainbows. Brett Martino, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Tuesday of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Coos, uh, you didn't use the toaster yet. You did buy bread. I bought bread and I brought uh, some tomatoes in. <laughs> Tell him, Coos. Yeah, I already had this conversation with him. I'm going to do a tomato and bread or a tomato and toast. Hey, t- t- tomato and bread sandwich. And you got pickles, too, don't you? Yeah, dill pickle as well, yeah. Dill pickle. Uh, sliced or like, yeah, it's got to be sliced. They weren't sliced. I sliced like, them. So like the, <laughs> you know, like the cucumber. Yeah. They're not like sliced pickles. No, but I sliced them, so how they are sliced. Sli- but how thin not you slice thin, them? Not yeah, thin. see, and that's going to make me upset. Really? I, I love yeah. pickles. I love so the, me too. I, you big pickle? Yeah. yeah. But when you put them on a sandwich, yeah, slice them thin, thin, thin. Uh, yeah. yeah. You can't put... Yeah. The nubs on. <laughs> well, no, I took the nubs off, like, the, the, not the side. I didn't slice it like that. I sliced it long ways. Oh, okay. That's better then. Yeah. See, I'm thinking, like, you made, like, relish or something. Like, no, you made, like, no, okay. no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Like, Welcome so back. I used to eat these a lot, these sandwiches a lot when I was in high school, but I would put mayo on it. I don't really want to do the mayo part, so now it's just no? a little more dry. So we're going with the toast tomato and pickle sandwich? Uh yes. Essentially a. It's kind of uh, yeah. I mean, put some bacon, you know. I don't well, yeah, but I would. Uh, I didn't want to make bacon. Uh, tofu. Like, I was, yeah. That's a TTP. T- t- toast tomato. Yeah. A toast t-t-t-t. tomato. It's not a BLT. It's a TTP. 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 Sounds like something like Dick Vitale would have. It's a TTP. Primetime player, baby. I like it. Oh man! So that's gonna be the first that thing is, you make I'm on just it. Telling, listen, yeah, I like the fact that we're going. We're trying the new toaster out. We got we to. We can't do it in studio apparently because they're afraid no, we'll we burn the that. place down. You gonna I toast mean, the tomatoes? I can't believe we even no. asked. We should have locked the door and just up? done it. I'm gonna toast. Ask, beg for toast. forgiveness. We still can just lock the door and do it. I feel like. Mm. Yeah, but what? now if something goes wrong, then we are in trouble because before if something went wrong, contract. we could have nothing to me. So. What are you By do? rule, he has an Mine's office. They can't run touch out, you. So you <laughs> by by rule, are you a ask for permission or beg for forgiveness kind of person? Neither, man. Oh. I just say deal with it. It is what it is. Well, yeah, but you've never worked in like corporate. I'm very America. much. Nah, in, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, I worked in places where I had. To, I actually I had to beg for forgiveness. <laughs> Come on, like really, like hey, hey you do something wrong in the building. Hey, skip. Yeah. Heck no, are you kidding me? Come on now. That thing probably has its own extinguisher just in case. <laughs> it should extinguish itself, really. If it catches on fire, it should extinguish itself. Uh, I just kind of hope it sends me a text when it's done. Like, hey, your toast is ready. That's toast, tomato, and pickles for you.
coming up. Gross. We go back to some more football and some NBA talk as well. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.